we're talking about how to have the faith of God. So this is week seven, I believe, and uh, we're just going to get right into it. Open up your Bibles to James chapter four. James chapter four, and we're going to jump off here. Hallelujah. We're going to start in verse 14. James chapter four, verse 14. You know, I want to encourage you to go back and outline these messages because we're laying a real foundation of faith. The Bible is real clear that those that have been declared righteous by God, those that have been made righteous, who is that? Every believer. Jesus was made sin. He was made to bear all of your sin on the cross, right? 2 Corinthians 5. That you might come to be or be made the very righteousness of Almighty God. Well, it says several times in the Bible, the just, that means those declared righteous, shall walk by faith, they shall live by faith. The Bible says you're saved by faith, right? Or you're saved by grace through faith. The Bible says that it's impossible to please God apart from faith. So the only way you could please God is as you walk by faith. Isn't that amazing? It even goes on to say, anything that you do that's not done in faith is sin. In other words, you're missing the mark. Wow, right? In other words, God's saying, hey, I'm the mark. I'm life. Don't miss it, right? That's how come he says to be carnally minded is death. So now tonight, I want to talk to you about a behind-the-scenes foundation of your faith, okay? You've heard me say this many times. The ultimate expression of faith is rest. Is rest, right? You can always tell if you're operating in the faith of God by looking at your life and seeing if you're at rest, what do I mean by rest? Are you still stressing, trying to figure out how you're going to make this thing work or how to overcome this situation or whatever? Are you stressing about that? Or have you decided to cease from trying to work this out yourself and now you're at rest and you're simply now, you're going to work out only what God works in? Amen. You've given it all over to him. You're not carrying anything, right? The Bible says don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Why? Because all of his answers are yes. He's good all the time. So let's look at James chapter 4. I, here's a real foundational truth that you have to know and have revelation knowledge of in order to walk by faith. You have to know this. So look at this. James chapter 4, verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. In other words, you don't really know what's coming in your future. Even tomorrow. You might have a schedule, but have you ever been surprised by something in life, right? For what is your life? So now, these words, remember... This is God's word. These words are breathed by God. They were penned by Pastor James, but they were breathed by God. So God's saying, what is your life? 
Now, whenever God, the creator of our life, says that, my, my attention is, I'm wide open here because he's, okay, tell me what life is. What is your life? It is even a vapor. That means a mist. I should have got my little bottle out. Remember that when I'd spray and you'd see the mist come out of the bottle and it disappear? Your life is a vapor. You know, life goes so fast, you can't take the vapor out of life. Do you, it's the end of April already. I mean, where, you know, where did those months go, right? As you go through life, man, it's just everything is so fast. Your life is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. It vanishes away. You're only here on the earth. This is the shortest span you're ever going to have anywhere, right? We're about to get out of here. We'll get out of here for seven years, and then we'll come back, and we'll be here for a 1,000 years before we go into even eternity, right? But this is the shortest. I mean, I'm 61 years old. I was 25 two weeks ago right? I mean, it's crazy. And it keeps getting a little bit confusing because all those old styles keep coming back, right? This building was built in 1965. You realize now we're cutting edge. What, what, is, what is the architecture? Mid-century modern. That's like what everybody wants now. Okay. I personally would like a bigger sanctuary with more lights and bigger stage, and, but that's okay. But we could, we'll make this work, right? It appears for a little time, then it vanishes away. So now God says this in verse 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. In other words, if you want to break this down, the commentary on this, these two verses is, since our lives are like a vapor, we should say, and now this would be a literal rendering of the Greek, Lord what is your will for me today? Because our life's a vapor, every day of our life we should say, okay, Lord, what is your will for me today? Right? That, in other words, that's the way you should live your life. God, what, what do you want me to do today? Right? And, and I'm telling you, actually, you start asking yourself, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do Right, like tonight, I'll sit in my office and I'll put my schedule together. I'll kind of relook at it and kind of put everything in order for tomorrow. But at the top of that list is like, Lord, there's an asterisk, just like there is in this service. We have an order of a service, but there's an asterisk at the top, whatever the Holy Spirit wants. Lord, what is your will for me today? God wants you to walk by faith. But remember this, since you don't know what tomorrow brings... Right? So let's keep looking at this. Letting, see, th never forget this. When you let God know that you need him, guess what that does? It lets you know that you need him. We need, we need to remind ourselves that all the time. In other words, you need God to guide you. Because you don't really know everything you're going to face but guess what? The Holy Spirit on the inside of you knows. As a matter of fact, I'll even go one step further. Do you realize he's already in every day of your life right now? Because he's not in time, 
wrap, wrap our brains around that one, right? And, and the Bible says that he is called to show us things to come. He gets you ready for everything. Go to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10. This is the Old Testament verse that, that really, now that we know some things from the New Testament, this makes sense. This is a foundation of what we're talking about. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. It says this, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. God did not create human beings to direct their own steps. You're not, see, you were made in the image of God, which means you don't do anything by yourself or for yourself. It's the way God operates. When Jesus was on the earth, he didn't do, he didn't do what he wanted. He did what his father directed him to do. That's Zoe life. Isn't that amazing? We're so one with God. You have to know this in order to walk with him in faith. It's not in man that walks to direct his own steps. Wow. You're not supposed to direct your steps. I've directed my own steps. Wow. Have you ever done that, right? All of a sudden, man, you're driving off a short pier in your Ferrari just with the top down. You're happy. And you go off the end of that pier in shark-infested waters, and you're like, how did that happen? Right? Thank God Jesus is there, right? Amen. Psalm 37, verse 23. Look at this one. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. The steps. Do you realize that the God of the universe has already ordered your steps? Wow. Now, now think about that. He ordered your steps. So do you ever, have you ever been out you guys were just down in Arizona. You probably saw a few stars at night. Just a few, just right? There's like, so to give you an idea, now, now this, is, this is, we're putting your life in perspective. I don't know why I'm getting into this. Anyway, th this will bless you. This blesses me. If it doesn't bless you, just know I'm blessed. Be happy for me, right? <laughs> so you look up at the stars, and on a, on a, on a right night, if you know where you're looking, there's like this little light. And, and it almost, you're like, what is that? And what that is, it's Andromeda, right? It's the, the, the farthest that we can see with the natural eye under certain conditions on the earth in certain places. 
What is Andromeda? Is it a star? No, it's a galaxy. But we just see it as a little glob. So like the Milky Way is our galaxy. Our sun, our sun is one star, one of 300 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Right? Our sun. Andromeda, how big, how big of a galaxy is that? There's a trillion stars. So it's over three times bigger. And guess what? There's, there's innumerable amounts of, of galaxies. And the Bible says that all of it is held in perfect order by the one who died for your sins. And he knows your name. Now, now think about that. This is who God is. He knows your name. He has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. He actually ordered your steps before you ever showed up and came out of your mother's womb. Do you, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you were conceived. Right? I mean, I think of myself. I'm just like, wow. You know, I'm the byproduct of a date rape. Right? My mom, who was this rebellious teenager in Chicago, you know, when she finds out she's pregnant, first thing she's going to do, I'm getting rid of this baby. Right? Because, man, being born out of wedlock back in in the 1960s, you know, so she's trying to abort me. She goes to this doctor. There's this European method. She went there, still pregnant, went to him again, did it again, still pregnant, went to him again. The guy freaked out and said, get away from me. I've never seen this. I don't ever want to see you again. I'm not touching that, right? So then, so then my mom's in New York City. Her parents don't even know where she's at. They, they have this dream, this good Catholic family, my grandparents, have this, have this dream of a little girl saying, your, your daughter, they live in Chicago, your daughter's in trouble in New York City. So my grandfather in 1961 hops in his car and drives to New York City to find his daughter who's in trouble, right? No internet, no nothing, doesn't even know because she hated her parents so literally she said, when I graduate from high school, I'm out of here. Her and her friend Karen left Chicago, didn't even tell her parents. Within 10 minutes of getting out of his car in New York City, he runs into Karen, her friend. My mom was in jail in New York City, would not call her parents for help. I, w- I would have been born. See, she started feeling me in her womb when she was in jail. And w- the minute she felt me, she fell in love with me and wanted me. So, so she prays to Mary to help her. And right, like literally, when she gets done praying to Mary, a prison guard comes and says, Patty, your dad is here and he has bailed you out. Otherwise, I would have been born in the foster system in New York City. 
right? I would have just been given away and all that stuff, but have been you know, in the foster care system and gosh, would have never became the basketball player because we all know Chicago basketball is much better than New York City. But that, in, in my humble opinion, which means absolutely nothing, right? And I'm, I'm sitting here, so then, so then her dad works it all out, the charges are dropped and all this other stuff. So now they're driving back to Chicago and her dad goes, hey, listen, I know a guy, we can, we can take care of the baby. We could abort the baby. And then she's like, oh no, I want the baby. It doesn't matter how you came in this world. You want to know my genealogy? You are of God. He, before I came out of the womb, direct in the middle of creating the universe and keeping everything, he literally ordered every one of my steps. He's got a plan for my life. Now, I can tell you this, man, for a long time, I was not walking in that plan. I don't know how he's going to work this out, but I'm going to come to the end of my course. I'll do everything he's called to, I, I'm called to do in the earth because I finally got back on the path. He'll redeem the time. He'll move mountains. He, it's like, it's almost like he's God. Sovereign God. Sovereign God. Now, the, why am I saying all this? Why would the Holy Spirit have me say all this? Because you're not an accident. You are not an accident. I don't care how you came in this world. You are not an accident. The Bible said you were formed in your mother's womb by God. Isn't that good news? You're not an accident. And the God of the universe, see, he created you, and it's not in you to direct your own steps. So give yourself a break and stop trying to figure it out. And let me tell you something about the world system. I've walked with God long enough, and I've dealt with the enemy long enough to know Man, he can make things seem like there's no way, but with God, there always is a way. He can make, the enemy can make it look like you just blew it, it's over, everything's over, there is no way out, and yet God's up there going, oh, no, 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 no. You just can't see it, but I've already, see, I've ordered your steps. There is always a way out. That's how come, why am I saying this? You can have faith in this God. Because nothing catches him off guard. And his word of truth trumps everything. Look, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Can you sense this? Do you know faith is being birthed right now in people? It's being strengthened in people. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, but as it is written, and now... The Bible, when he says, as it is written, the Bible is now going to, it's going to basically quote Isaiah 64.4. And look at what it says. I hath not seen. So your eye hasn't seen this. Nor ear heard. Your ear hasn't heard this. Neither have entered into the heart of man. The heart of man. I bet you know I bet some of you even know the Strong's number of that Greek word. What is it? G2588, cardia, right? Talking about your mind. 
neither has entered into the heart or the mind of man the things which God hath, past tense, prepared for them that love him. He hath prepared them. They were already prepared when you came out of the womb. They were already prepared when you were living your life. You didn't even believe in God. You were living for yourself. You maybe have never even heard of God. The plan was still there. You were dead and separated from him, but he still had a plan for you, and he sent his son to die on a cross to provide a doorway for you to be born again as his child, to have old things pass away, and to have everything become new, and now you could step into that plan. The Bible says he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of every believer so that we could freely know the things that he's given us. Isn't that good news? Do you know that sounds nothing like religion, does it? No. No, we're talking about a relationship. I haven't seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the mind of man the things which God hath prepared prepared this word prepare is this greek word means to prepare beforehand he's already prepared it's already prepared he already prepared it for you you might be in the middle of a circumstance that it looks like the enemy is winning and there's no way listen your success your health your prosperity your peace your joy a way out, all of it is already prepared. Satan does not want you to know that. And, and see, so many Christians are begging God to do something for them. Oh God, please heal me. Please bless me. Please do something to get me out of this mess. And you have to realize he has already done it. There is already a way out. He gave that to you. And all you have to do to have it all come from the unseen into the seen is believe it. Right? You just have to believe what he has said. Has prepared for them that love him. Wow. That sounds a lot like Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That word prepare, it means you arrange and put everything in order beforehand. Do you realize as you walk through your life, see, this is what you think. We read this, you prepare a table, and every day you go into your house, and you know, when your wife might say, hey, dinner's ready, you go out of the living room or wherever you are, and you go to your table to eat. But that's not the way this table is. You literally have a table. It literally lines your whole path. And at this part of the table, it has everything I need for today. And then now. And then now. As I walk, he arranged everything. So if you're attacked with sickness and disease here, guess what's on the table right when you're attacked with it? Healing. 
I mean, you don't have to go, you don't have to go find the table. It's, it's right there. He prepares a table before you, and it's in the presence of your enemies because those enemies, they're walking, they're trying to woo you off the path. They're trying to get you off the path, but the table's on the path. So don't get off the path. Does that make sense? Here's the cool thing, though. If you're off the path, all you have to do is change your mind and go, gosh, I don't want to be off the path. I want to be on the path. And guess what? You turn and you're back on the path. Is it that simple? Yeah. Is it that good? Yeah. That's why we call it the gospel. So here we go. Proverbs chapter 3. Under this context. Your life's a vapor. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. It's not in you to direct your own steps. But don't worry about that because the God of the universe, who's your dad, who's your father, he has prepared the table. He's ordered your steps. They're all in place for you to... Remember, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. That's, what that, that's what's on the table. He wants you to have the abundant life. It's for everybody. That's how come this doctrine about, well, God will bless some and not others, it doesn't even work anywhere in the Bible. That's how come whenever it's preached, you don't see scriptures. Just always remember, if you don't hear scriptures, it is, here's a deep, this is deep, it's unscriptural. Because there's no scripture. Right? Yeah, but theologians say, I don't care. Theologian so-and-so might be educated way beyond his intellect, and he might not even know God. Right? But the word is true. So now look at Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Look at, look at what it says. So it, now it says, because of all this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And, and, by, and don't lean on your own understanding. In the Hebrew language, it would read like this. Don't lean on your own mind's conclusions. Don't lean on that. Don't rely on that. Right? But in all your ways, acknowledge him. That means in all your ways, consider him. And now he is able to direct your steps. Right? He is the director of your steps anyway, but you know he won't violate your will. He can't direct your steps unless you allow him to. So how do you allow him to? By trusting in him with all of your heart. That sounds a lot like faith. Right? And don't lean on your own understanding. Don't let the outside circumstances and situations ever dictate your life. You're to be led from the inside, never the outside. Amen. And in all your ways, just acknowledge Him. Right? Lord, what is your will for me today? Lord, what is your will for me in this situation? Lord, what is your will? That just ticked me off. Lord, what's your will? Because I want to be ticked. My flesh is freaking out right now. But I'm going to acknowledge you. Okay, I know I'm not supposed to be ticked. Body, emotions, calm down, shut up. We're not saying that. We're not doing that. Could it be that easy? Satan doesn't want you to know that you're the one who's in control. We got people running around preaching that God's in control. 
are you kidding me? Guess what? Nobody would die today if God was in control. Nobody would be murdered. Nobody would be raped. There would be nobody starving to death. There would be no sickness or disease. No, God's not in control. Now, he can be in control of your life if you trust in him. Don't rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps because they're already ordered. You don't want to get to heaven and find out that you had this buffet of everything and you were in lack. You don't want Jesus to look at you and go, man, I died for that. You didn't have to put up with that. Right? This is Now, is this my opinion? No. No, this is Bible. This is Bible. Now here it even gets better. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Man, if this is not exciting you, your wood is wet. Just go lay in the sun for a while, and Jesus will dry your wood, right? So that you can get on fire for him. I hope, I hope you get encouraged by this, guys. How can you mess up your life when you can't even see your way unless he acknowledges? I mean, it's all done. So you haven't messed it up. It's still there. The Bible says, doesn't the Bible say this? The gifts and the callings of God are even without repentance. God never takes them away. Isn't that good news? Yeah, you haven't messed it up. Can you fog a mirror? Hey, you could still live in Zoe life. I don't care how big of a mess you've made. It doesn't matter. Turn to him. Lay it all down. He'll help you. He'll create in you the desire to want to walk before him, trusting him, acknowledging him in all your ways, right? He'll, and then he'll empower you to walk it out. He just needs you to be willing and obedient. So this year, we need to be done with sickness and disease in our life. We need to be done with poverty and lack in our lives. We need to be done with depression, anxiety, fear. We need to be done with it. We need to be done with living and allowing our past to dictate our future. Because if you're a Christian, you don't have a past. It's been, behold, all things become new. The old has passed away. We have to believe that. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Wow. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature coming of age sons of God. Every believer, every believer has, has a right which creates a responsibility. You have a right for the Holy Spirit to lead you if you're a believer. Now whether or not he will lead you is really not up to him because he's there to lead every believer. But he won't force you. If you want to go this way and he wants you to go this way, guess what? He won't force you. What's really cool, though, he's a God of all mercy. And when you go this way, there's that little tug on the inside. This doesn't feel right. There's inner turmoil, all this stuff. And when you go off that pier in shark-infested waters and you're about to be eaten, here's a beautiful thing. 
You cry out to him, and he grabs you right out of it, and he'll put you right back on the path. Right? It's because he's your father. Now, if you, if you were like me, I didn't grow up. I had, I had no example of a father. Right? But man, I had no earthly example as a father, but I have a wonderful example of the ultimate father. So good. Look at this. It says in verse 16, the spirit itself, that person who, that just bothers me. The Holy Spirit is not an it, right? It's the word autos. It means himself. He's a person. He's God. The Holy Spirit himself will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. He will say to you, when you're off doing your own thing, he'll bear witness with your heart, hey, what are you doing? You're a child of God. You don't need to give, you don't need to be partaking in all this death that causes you, you might have a little pleasure for a second and then it causes you years of turmoil, right? No, no, he'll constantly bear witness. Sickness or disease illegally attacks your body and he's bearing witness. Hey, you're a child of God. That has no legal right in you. Why does he do that? Because he can't get it out unless you work with him. You have to go, hey, Father, this body of mine, which you have given me, which belongs to you, the enemy has put sickness in this thing. Father, I thank you that you sent your word and healed me. So right now, I call for my healing. I believe that I receive it right now. Body, be healed in Jesus' name. Satan, take your hands off my body. Get out of here. I refuse this sickness, this disease. You have no legal right. And I'm never moving. I know you're going to move. Right? You're going to die. No, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Where are we at with Christians? Well, you know, it's okay if I die. No, 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 no. Don't leave the planet one second early because he's trying to steal from you. Yeah, listen, death for us, it's going to be the most exhilarating thing we felt. Are you kidding me? All of a sudden, we'll open up and see him face to face. First thing, you're going to be like, wow, Lord. Second of all, you're going to be like, I feel great. <laughs> right? And it's not about no more pain. It's going to be about, I don't have this nature pulling me away anymore. The veil, there's no veil anymore. But let's see, let's take as many people with us I want to yield all of my fruit in my season. Does that, does that make sense? So keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit gives you the assurance within you that you're his. So this is the way it works. The Holy Spirit, you've probably heard me say this three or 400,000 times. So get used to it. The Holy Spirit will enlighten or impress upon your spirit your spirit will translate that impression into a thought and will communicate that impression that came from the Holy Spirit, will communicate that to your mind and it will renovate and renew your mind to think like God. That thought will sound a lot like you. 
The reason why? It is you, but it doesn't come from you. We call that the inward witness. You must learn to hear the still small voice on the inside in the midst of the chaos on the outside. The chaos on the outside, listen guys, if anything, it's going to get louder. Who cares? Who cares? Right? Because the darker it gets, the lighter it gets. See, you must learn to hear that still small voice. This is going to require diligence and commitment by you to always put God's word first place. That's how, this is how, see, here it is. If this is the outside noise and this is where, this is your diligence and commitment to the word, guess what? You're not going to hear the still small voice. But if you will make a decision to do this, the minute this happens, you will hear that still small voice on the inside. It doesn't matter how loud it gets on the outside. Does that make sense? This is the way you and I are made. Hearing from God, being led by the Holy Spirit, that's how come you'll always hear me say this. It's not a skill or this formula or a set of principles that you learn. It is a sensitivity that you maintain. How do you maintain it? How do I stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Like this. I live like this. The word is first. I'm, I'm diligent to the word of God. If I ever move in another direction, I jump right back. My spirit's going, what are you doing? Right? This is the way. You are designed to live this way. Don't let your past failures dictate your future because this is the way God wanted you to walk. And, and, and we got to learn how to walk by faith. Don't, don't worry about if you, if you were not able to lay hold of something, then just lay hold of it. Yeah, but I didn't lay hold of it. Yeah, but guess what? It's not over. Lay hold of it. Yeah, but I raised my family and all my kids hate me because I was a horrible father. Well, then believe God. You're righteous, right? Yeah, Isaiah 54 says, all of your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. I'm so, you know, guess what? Your children can't be at peace unless they're saved. Right? So don't give up on them. Yeah, but I never see them. They won't even talk to me. It's okay. God's got people everywhere. You'll get to the point where every time your phone rings, you'll be expecting it to be them. Mom, Dad, man, I know I haven't talked to you, but... Wow, I got saved. I'm serving God. I need to get together with you. That's your future. It's already ordered. God already put the order in. Wow. See, here's, here's another thing. If you live with your life like this and the word like this, guess what? If you're, you'll be concerned about yourself. You'll be concerned about, oh my gosh, my life, my life, my life. I need it to change. I need it to change. And it will dull you spiritually. But if you ever just give him that and just go, I'm putting your word first. I'm not entertaining these other thoughts anymore. 
it'll, it'll cause you to be sensitive. If you're occupied with your own plans, it will dull you spiritually. His plan for you is much better than your plan. Right? You've heard me say this before. What you, what you give yourself to is what's going to be on the inside of you. Right? What's on the inside of you is going to determine the outcome of every test, trial, and circumstance. But, but all you got to do is go back and give your attention to something different. Right? I'm telling you, there is no life being concerned about yourself. You're not made to be concerned about yourself. You've got the God who holds the whole universe, whose eye never leaves you. His ear is always open to you, and his answer is always yes. And the creator who's holding everything together, guess what? He's still able to watch over his word to perform it in your life. Every time. Wow. See, we have to make sure that God is directing our steps. This is step number one in walking by faith, in operating in the faith of God, right? Once you realize that it is not in me to know my way, what happens to you? You become completely dependent upon him. God, if you don't do it, it's not happening. And you get real happy about that. Because all of a sudden, you've just given yourself a break. You will feel the stress just yes. re- leave your body. Come on, and all of a sudden, you're like, listen, God, Father, if, if I, don't, I don't want anything that's not from you anyway. Amen. Right? I don't want anything that I toil after and have to compromise in and, and manipulate and do all this stuff. No, I don't want any of that. I want to live in the light right? Because here's the bottom line. You are a child of God. Right? Once you realize it's not in you to know your own way, you become completely dependent on him. God loves when you completely depend on him. God loves when you completely trust him. That's faith. Right? At the tomb of Lazarus, what did Jesus say? Father, I know that you always hear me. Why did he say that? That was written for you. You need to live your life going, hey, Father, I know you always hear me. That's 1 John chapter 5. If we ask anything according to his will, what does it say? He hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petition we've asked of him. Wow. See, when you completely depend and trust on God, doing this will always, it it, it literally ensures that you will always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right heart. It'll just, that's just, that's just, it'll just flow. It's not like you're, all, I mean, things will start happening in your life and you'll be like, I never thought that, that could ever be possible. Right? And joy, wow. 
<laughs> Feels good. Doesn't it feel good? It's so good. Man, the key to fulfilling what God is calling you to fulfill. This is the key. Do you want to fulfill the call of God in your life? Do you want to fulfill his will and plan for your life? This is the key. Will I submit myself in humility to completely depend on him? Will I, in the midst of no way out financially, literally just say, you know what? I'm no longer worried about it. God said he'd take care of me. So, Father, what do you want me to do? You want me to give away everything that I have? Yeah, I'll do it. Where's my next meal going to come from? I know you'll feed me. I'm telling you, can you have that kind of faith? Yes. But it doesn't come, it doesn't come from literally dissecting every message from every faith preacher. It comes from knowing him. It comes from knowing him. See, a man trying to improve himself on his own, it's like a donkey trying to become a racehorse. He can work all he wants. He could have the, I mean, you could have the proper diet, right? Listen, I, I literally, I found this out when I was a young man. The first time I played basketball with an NBA player, I realized I could have never played in the NBA. You could have fed me the best diet. I could have had the best trainers my whole life. I could have studied from the greatest coaches and I never, I'm just not going to be LeBron James. Right? I mean, people thought I had a pretty good left-handed jump shot. Yeah, just, okay, that's great. Go watch Steph Curry. Just go watch him play. That's unbelievable. That's a, I'm like, wow. God, how did you develop somebody that could do that? Right? But guess what? He never made me to be an NBA basketball player. Right? And, and see, this is the thing. He ordered your steps. He ordered your steps for you. He ordered your steps for you. If you're a parent, guess what? Those kids of yours, there is nobody else on the planet that can parent them like you can. See, you cannot produce the God kind of results in God, unless God is working for you and through you. And your path, you're not, you are not designed to live just a human life. You are human, but you're not only human. You're a child of God. God has a divine purpose. He won't even call you according to your ability. He calls you according to his ability. It's supernatural. And you need him. Being confident in yourself will always end in failure. Now that's a big statement. Always? Always. Always ends in failure. You're thinking right now, wait, there's some people on this planet that are wealthy, 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 that hate God with a passion. Yep. And if they don't change, that vapor's going to go out 
And guess what? It's over forever. What is failure? It's anything else but God's results in your life. You could be the wealthiest man in the world, wealthiest woman in the world, and miss God's plan for your life. Right? I mean, I still remember when I went to Michael Jackson's Thriller concert in, in New Jersey. Oh, man. You know, uh, I, I'm dating myself here. So I was in the sporting goods industry, and you guys have been around me. I've told this story before. So the guy who ran the Meadowlands called me up and said, hey, I got tickets to Thriller. Well, I'm going to take you tonight. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And, you know, I had, I had just been listening to Christian music. Now, I knew Michael Jackson because, you know, you work out in the gym. And I mean, back in the 70s, 80s, all this stuff, right? And so now we're in the, it's in the 80s. And so I go to the Meadowlands, and I mean, we go in the back entrance, you know, we're all the movie stars, and people are taking our picture. They think we're something. I'm just Tony. And we sat right behind Eddie Murphy and Whoopi Goldberg, right down front, right? And we saw this concert, and I'm telling you, Michael gets up, and I became a Michael Jackson fan. I'm like, wow, this guy, there was an anointing on him. It was powerful. It was so powerful, but the minute the concert was over, it was over. It was unlike the anointing that I'm walking in right now. I, it's hard for me to talk about the anointing that I'm walking in right now because right now it just starts coming. It starts coming from the inside to the outside, and it will be on me for days. To be honest with you, I don't ever step out of it because I minister again. Anything natural, it's just natural. I'm so glad I heard that Michael Jackson accepted Christ shortly before he died. So we will get to see in eternity the incredible worship gift that this guy is. Right? I mean, Whitney Houston. Wow. I mean, think about Whitney. You know, Satan ended her life, got her off the path, but guess what? We're going to get to see that worship gift in, in eternity, right? Well, why not for you? Let's see it now. What has God called you to do? I mean, think about, think about when God uses your life and ministers through you and somebody gets saved. Wow. It changes their whole, not just their life, their whole lineage brings families together, ensures that children grow up experiencing life. Man, I love that. Look at Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 17. It does not, it does not pay to trust in yourself. Okay? That's basically what we're saying. So let's look at a couple scriptures. Jeremiah 17 Verse 7. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Learning some good stuff tonight, right? Yeah. That many of you have heard me talk about many, many times. It's always fresh. It's always different, yeah. Look at what it says. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. Is the man that trusts in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. What is 
your hope. Hope is future. My hope is Jesus. It means if Jesus is my hope, then I have a future. Satan will try to tell you. See, he wants to get you go from depression into despair. Despair is when you look at your future and you never see it change. Guess what lives in despair? Suicide. Right? All this stuff. But with God, my future's secure. It's Jesus. He is my future. Wow. Look at this. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by waters. Wow. That spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. I'm telling you, in other words, you will be like a tree and all your roots go in to that river of life. I love the book of Revelation. Whoever wills can come and drink of the waters of life forever. But man, your roots are now down into God. All your provision comes from the inside. It doesn't matter how hot it gets on the outside. That's what God is saying. That's what a man is like who trusts in the Lord. Look at this. Shall not see when heat comes. Shall not even see. That sounds a lot like Luke 6, 46 through 48, where it says that if you dig deep and found your life on a rock, when the storms of life come, it can't shake your house. That's what, that's what God wants for you. When you trust in the Lord, you are immovable in him. Wow. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. I won't be careful. In other words, I'm not going to live. My behavior is not going to be dictated by what's going on on the outside. My behavior is dictated by what's going on in the inside. Right? Do you know, do you know most churches, they, when they, they sit down and put a budget together, they, they put in place, well, you know, the summer, the numbers go down, the giving goes down, Right? All, no, 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 that, that's not the way it works. The path of the righteous is one of increase. It doesn't matter what inflation does on the earth. We're going to trust in the Lord. We're going to live our lives as if we're always living in the kingdom of God where there's more than enough provision. You know why? Because we're in the kingdom of God where there's more than enough provision. Always. Don't fear the gates of hell is never going to be able to prevail against the church while we're here, right? It says here, won't be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I'll never stop yielding fruit. I'm going to yield all of my fruit in my season. Oh, my body's going to age, but my leaf is never going to wither. That means every time I open the Bible, it's fresh. Everything in my life is fresh. My marriage is fresh. My family's fresh. I love the ministry. This whole thing, oh, I need a four-month sabbatical. You're never going to hear me get up and go, hey, guys, you guys have just all burnt me out. I need to go, <laughs> go away for four months, right? No, 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 no. Unless I do this, unless I just do that. But guess what? I'm not doing that. Are you going to do that? No, 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 no. 
No, it's my life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. See, trusting God. Now, this is what the word talks about. There's scriptures for all of it. But trusting God, it literally brings happiness into your life. It brings direction into your life. Trusting God literally shows you which way to go and shows you which steps to take. Trusting God, it causes you to be protected when evil comes. Right? Trusting God will cause you to overcome and walk through times of trouble and difficulty in peace. Yes. Yes, Trusting God is having complete confidence and dependency upon God and no one else and nothing else. I don't have to look to anyone else or anything else. I'm looking to him. He is my source. Trusting God empowers and equips me. Developing trust in God, it literally brings his strength and empowerment into my life. My trust in God is what empowers me. How do I stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Ephesians 6.10, how do I do that? By trusting in him. Okay, That's, this is the foundation of faith. Trusting God, it will always bring continuous victory in your life. So faith in God, confidence in God, and trust in God, however you want to say that, it is all based on relationship with him. And God wants to know you intimately. Yeah. Or actually, let me say this correctly. He knows you intimately. He wants you to know him intimately. Right? right? We come, and this is how it happens, we come to trust God, right? We come to trust God through life circumstances as we walk in relationship with him. See, this trust in God, it grows over time because you walk in relationship with him. And as you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he's your protector, he's your provider, and, and you go from trust to trust to trust to trust Surely he delivered the lion to me. He delivered the bear. Who is this Philistine? Right? I don't care about walls in my life. Does that make sense? When you trust God, you are literally empowered to succeed. Why is that? Because the blessing of God, which has already been given to you, is released in your life when you trust him. In other words, trust yields the blessing of the Lord. And you know the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. We must choose to trust him. So I'm going to close with this. Gosh, I didn't get very far tonight. No, I think we got pretty far. Man. I'm going to go home and he's going to preach the rest of this to me as I sleep tonight. It's awesome. Psalm 18.2, I'll close with this. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. He's not our, he's not ours, he's mine. I know he will deliver me, right? 
He's my God. He is my strength in whom I will trust. He is my buckler. That means he's my shield and he's my protector. And he is the horn or the power. That word horn means power of my salvation. He is. How powerful is my salvation? How powerful is God? And he is my high tower. That word high tower means he is my inaccessible place of refuge. That just makes me want to weep. Each of you have a secret place that you can go anytime you want. It's where you go and you just leave everything out there and you just go with him. And he refreshes and revives and you need to spend time with him. The Bible says things like taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says be still and know that I am God. So I hope this encourages you a little bit. This is a big piece to walking and operating in the faith of God. Intimacy with him. Amen?